Welcome to the 2019 fantasy football season with the Football Goonies Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Seplick, back from the dead of podcast purgatory to bring you fun facts and plenty of sick, sick burns. You can find me on Twitter at the FF Goonie. And today on the show, we are going to be going over the 2019 Rookie Draft for the ATL Dynasty League. So I'm going to apologize that this isn't going to be the most polished episode, nor will the, uh, the next one be. But I'm trying to fit them both in before hockey today with a lot of stuff to do. So bear with me. Uh, first, we're going to start off with the team needs, the biggest needs for each team going into the draft. Uh, starting off with the Americans at RB needed some youth and depth at QB only two starters um, and both of them questionable and wide receiver strength. Uh, the franchises became coming at a RB of course uh, wide receiver depth he's got some strong starters but uh, the back end's not great and QB ish just with all the injury question marks. Uh, next up, we have the 55s, everything that is not QB or tight end. Uh, Jones and for some TDs, we had QB depth and youth, running back depth and wide receiver depth strength. It's not that he doesn't have depth, it's just uh, questionable strength. Uh, next up, we had the Morty, Morty Maggies, and uh, that goes with QB depth youth. Uh, running back depth, wide receiver depth, and tight end. Not a great start or going into this draft. Uh, but uh, next up, we had no country for old players, QB depth. Um, just because the questionability of Darnold if he gets ruined by Gase. Uh, wide receiver power. Um, although you have good depth, there is still question marks on your starters. Can Diggs stay healthy? Will Williams make the next step? Curtis Samuel, is he a wide receiver three or wide receiver two? Those kinds of things. And then a strong tight end one is the other need going into it. Uh, Fear the Juice had QB depth issue and also all skill position depth. As in running back, wide receiver, tight end. I'm getting a chub. Basically just stable pieces. There's been some uh, questionable suspensions, things like that. I know he did trade off Tyreek during the draft. But um, just more stability in the pieces. Uh, this means war, just running back and wide receiver depth. And yours truly, the fantasy Jesus, needing wide er, running back depth slash youth. Mostly my depth needs to get a little younger. So uh, we're going to break down the five rounds. I just want to go through basically the way it goes is we're going to go with... Uh, my likes, my hates, and the big questions of each round. So starting with round one, uh, had TJ Hawkinson at the ninth pick being a fantastic value. He was like my number seven player. Uh, the pick I hated was AJ Brown. I love the talent, great guy, but just his situation going to the Titans. Uh, I would have preferred a few more receivers prior to him. And then the big question mark is uh, David Montgomery. Now, it's not that I dislike Montgomery, but 
He's still a big question mark with how they're going to utilize him with Tariq Cohen. I know they're talking he's the next Kareem Hunt, but I just don't see him. He's not that talented. And taking him before Nikhil Harry was kind of a questionable move. Um, as far as just a uh, player value, not so much team needs. In But if it works out, then it's going to work great. Uh, round two, we had uh, yours truly's pick, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. That was a huge get that late. And then uh, a, I'm going to go a notable pick on Drew Locke. Getting him at the end of the second and 2QB is huge. Uh, the pick I disliked the most was Marquise Brown. I'm really worried he's just going to be another John Ross with foot or lower body issues. And that offense, although I'm sure they'll be very creative with him, at least more than John Ross, uh, there's still some questionable things to me there. Uh, and then the big wild card question mark is the Miko Hardman pick. I thought that it was a little early for him. But if Tyreek Hill gets uh, thrown out and Andy Reid is correct in evaluating him and turning him into a much better player, he'll never be Tyreek, but he could be better than he is perceived as his potential. That could be a great opportunity, but it's one of those big wildcard picks. Over in the third round, we had uh, my favorite pick was Kelvin Harmon, getting him that late. He is... Uh, he is, although behind the eight ball on Terry McLaren with um, with his QB, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the word. Um, basically, just his being used to the QB and having that rapport. There we go. That's where I was getting to it. Um, he is the most talented receiver to me on that team, and he is walking into great opportunity. Uh, the pick I hate, I think it's pretty obvious it's going to be Alexander Madison. Uh, very questionable that you would take a backup running back for the uh, Vikings that, if anything, will be the short yardage guy, more spelling cook rather than the pass catching work, especially when you needed, I don't know, like a backup to Darius Geis, who's always injured carry on johnson who's been i mean like come on man there was better picks and then the two uh question or like wild card picks is going to be will greer uh cam newton's real questionable folks and will greer is a decent quarterback and they might just end up giving him the keys if cam just can't recover or at least be a good bridge quarterback so that is decent value there potentially and then the other one is devin singletary um i'm not a huge fan of devin singletary but i think he's going to he has the opportunity to do well and the thing is the big question mark there's four starting running backs on that team right now i know they don't feel like starters but you got shady Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon, who I've actually liked a lot, and I wish he'd get a bigger role, and then now Devin Singletary. So it's hard to see how that's going to shake up. Uh, in the fourth round, yours truly's favorite pick is yours truly's pick, Deontay Johnson. Uh, I actually really didn't want to go there. I wanted to go uh, running back or some other spot, maybe tight end. But the fact that the value he dropped in, he's inside my top 12 receivers in this class, and he went all the way to the fourth, especially with teams that need wide receivers. It was pretty amazing that he fell behind some guys. Um, I didn't really hate any picks in the fourth, and the two question marks are the two running backs that started off the round with uh, Ozigbo and Bryce Love. 
Uh, Bryce Love, man, he could end up sliding into that starting spot if uh, Darius Geis just can't get right. And Ozigbo has just a bunch of opportunity. I don't think he's the greatest talent. He won't be Mark Ingram, but the fact that he could slide into the big back role and uh, spell Kamara is a big plus. In the fifth round, the final round, my favorite pick is uh, Dawson Knox. I think that he is uber talented, has a chance to really develop into a good tight end. And the big question is just Josh Allen. Everyone's a little uh, worried about him, but I think that that is a good position as possession tight end with all the athleticism he has. And I don't think Allen's going to be as bad as he was last year. I think he's going to reel in the accuracy and understanding the game a little bit in vision. Uh, the pick I hate is obviously a uh, little snail junior, Benny Snail. Um, and this is an AI own Connor and Samuels pick. I just think, although he is a good running back, I think he's a good running back in a college atmosphere that allowed it a okay athlete okay whatever to do a lot and that boise state offense has always been real strong on the offense in the run game so um i just i don't see it i'm sorry guys um and then the big wild card pick is yours truly's alex barnes it's not that i actually like the barnes pick that much but we're in dart throw territory so an undrafted free agent's not the big a deal but there are still concerns with Derrick Henry, and if for some reason Henry just stumbles and falls with giving the, the line share opportunity, Barnes has that like full round set um, skill set that he could really replace Deion Lewis in, in that team. And then on top of that, he's a little more apt to being able to run between the tackles and get to the edge and. He's a do-it-all back. I don't think he has much of a chance, but it's worth a dart throw. So, uh, next up in the last portion, we're going to be giving our grades. Now, these, keep in mind, are grades versus needs of the team. So, the first off, Frenchies, is, as we said, running back, wide receiver, and QB-ish was the big ones. So I'm going to give Axel a B minus. Uh, he, he definitely, and what I like to prescribe, is took the best available players. Um, he was kind of pigeonholed into taking Kyler Murray, although he really needed a running back. And unfortunately, he couldn't trade back to the number two spot and uh, with Brian, or number three spot, whatever it was, and get some more picks. So he was uh, beholden to taking the best fantasy-viewed quarterback, which does help his team a bit. Um, other than that, uh, I think you took the uh, wrong uh, running back at three, I believe. I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble reading my notes. Let me pull it up. Uh, in the third, you took, yeah, Damian Harris. I thought that was the wrong pick at that point. Um, it's not that he doesn't have an opportunity, but the thing is, you just got you got rid of uh, Sony Michel, so that doesn't really help you, and you're taking another bet on a New England back, probably because you love New England too much. I think uh, better picks at that spot would have been someone who could have filled in better, like Devin Singletary or Justice Hill, who has an opportunity more to be a more useful back. Uh, to me, Damian Harris could, but with what Sony does in the run game 
what James White does in the pass game. I just don't think there's enough for an immediate impact. Um, and we could see how it shakes out, but, I mean, they invested two picks less in him with the third round, so then uh, Sonny Michel. Uh, next up, we have the Americans following up the Frenchies. And Justin's big needs again were the running back youth and depth, uh, QB questionable, and wide receiver strength. Now, I'm going to give Justin an A minus. Now, part of this was having the wherewithal to trade in with Brian at the number three pick to fill his two biggest needs, getting Josh Jacobs and Dwayne Haskins because he is a sucker for Josh Jacobs in Alabama, and Dwayne Haskins is potentially the best quarterback in this draft class. I'm not saying he's world-beating great. There are still some questions, like the fact that he ended up in Washington, but he got those two top needs, so that's real big. And then uh, all his picks came with a pretty uh, pretty uh, good value. Like he, Everyone he selected in every spot he selected was a pretty quality... I'm not the biggest fan of the Andy Isabella pick. I thought there was maybe a better way to go with Kelvin Harmon, but you can't blame him for wanting to get the fast guy in in the air raid offense. So good job, Justin, with that A minus. Next up, we have the 55, Brian Brodsky. He's going to get a solid C. And before the uh, conspiracy theory talk starts off, uh, let's evaluate it now. Although some teams get a bump for having low picks going into the draft, you kind of decided to trade away your first round and really reduce yourself in the draft itself. Now, this is going to help raise your score potentially how you do next year in the draft because you did amass some better picks. But um, you did trade away the best wide receiver and... That could have been good. And then the big question of taking Madison over other running backs that could have been much better for your team, like Devin Singletary and Justice Hill. And the fact that uh, Bryce Love, even, if you wanted to back up Geis, it's just all questionable, man. I'm sorry. And then the, uh, the other one is tight end. I understand that he has potential, but there was still some usable pieces that you could have gotten, like Deontay Johnson like taking a shot on Darwin Thompson in that Kansas City backfield when running back is still a little questionable on your team with all the injury potential with Lindsey and Johnson and um, Darius Geis. So sorry, bud, but it didn't make much sense when you've already got George Kittle, uh, Mark Andrews, and then uh, Jared Cook for the future. And then on top of that, in free agency, you did spend on... Uh, warring in Houston, although I'm not the biggest fan of that pickup. Um, I actually like his talent a lot, but I'm a little worried about landing spot. Tight end has never been real favorable once um, old Butchin got their coaching in Houston. Uh, so next up, we have... Sorry, gotta see where I'm at. Um... Uh... We're at Popeyes. I believe that's Fear the Juice. I'm not currently looking at everything. Um, but let's just go with Popeyes, Sailor, uh, whatever his team is. I think it's Fear the Juice. Anyways, uh, he gets a C 
minus. Sorry, Popeyes. Um, although the uh, the David Montgomery one was a good pick and definitely filled a need at running back. I see that you also have a need at wide receiver, and I'm sorry, but I feel like, uh, or at least just a youthful need, and Nikhil Harry's just so much safer and better pick than David Montgomery. Uh, if you really wanted a running back, I probably would have tried to trade back one spot and see if you could sell off Nikhil Harry. Uh, but the bigger one is the fact that you went with Nicole Hardman. Now, I understand that there is so much uber potential if everything falls right, but like we talked about, it is a very risky pick and then on top of that instead of me cole you could have gone with drew Locke. i know he's not the greatest pick at quarterback right now but with dalton being a question mark fitzpatrick being a one year at best probably not even close to that and drew Brees being old and not sure if teddy bridgewater is going to carry through i think you really needed a qb and the fact that you did not touch one is a little scary uh, the, po the positivity, though, is you had a good late tight end, and then although I like Devin Singletary, there is a question mark since you went running back early that you maybe could have wanted to go wide receiver instead of Devin Singletary. You still had guys like Kelvin Harmon, Terry McLaren, Deontay Johnson. I mean, I understand that with Antonio Brown looking a little bit better than he was before, um, that doesn't scare you as much, but Cooper Cup's health, Will Fuller's health, Larry Fitzgerald's old, Deshaun Jackson's old and could be soon replaced. Like, there was a lot of question marks here for your wide receiver three, and I think it would have been better served spending a little more draft stock there. Next up, we had Morty, Morty Maggie. And with Morty Maggie, we gave him a C+. Now, he got a little boost because he did have a lot of low draft capital, didn't help. Um, I thought the positives are that he took the best wide receiver, but that kind of fell into his lap, so that doesn't weigh as much for me. Um, another big one is a QB backup in Ryan Finley. Um, that was kind of questionable considering you needed wide receiver and running backs, and although it's a shot, I think Finley's less of a shot, and you could have taken a shot on someone uh, as far as a running back or a wide receiver. So poor decision there late. Uh, other than falling into one good pick, it was eh. And uh, next up we had, oh, and then to go back to the 55, sorry I didn't knock it before, but uh, Paris Campbell, he's, that's part of the reason why you got a, a C, Brian, was Paris Campbell, although I like him, there's just too many question marks considering his average depth of target was like negative 15 yards. So going with someone like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside would have been or a little bit uh, better. I think Andy Isabella even. Um, just because you have the time to develop and it's just too much of a question mark on Paris Campbell for me. But he could end up being the next T.Y. Hilton and then all for naught, that was a great pick. Uh, next up, we have the Jones in for some TDs. Again, needed some QB depth youth, running back depth, and wide receiver depth strength. Uh, Mr. Greenwood got a B rating on his draft. Had a great uh, 
running back pick right before me with Miles Sanders. I was actually very upset about that one because I either wanted to take Miles Sanders or I was going to trade Axel a buttload to move back a couple of spots and still potentially get Debo Samuel anyways. So that was a fantastic snake right there. Um, you really could have gone a different rate away, especially with the, uh, the QB youth, but man, got to give you some props on that. Uh, it was good running back picks. Uh, you filled some needs and the only one that I really had a question mark on was your, sorry, I'm trying to find it here. There was a question mark I have down in my notes on um, your pick. Man, I really need to write this a little better. I don't understand it at all, so we'll just let it go. Um, I did like the fact that you backed up Brady, though. That was a quality move with the fact that you didn't go QB Young to get more starters. So, uh, good job, B for you. Now for the uh, self-pat on the back, it's time for the Fantasy Jesus, the FF Goonie himself, giving myself an A-. minus. Now I know everyone seems to think that all I'm doing is just stroking my ego. I'm really not. These are honest rankings. I could have gone an A, but I gave myself an A-, minus, and there is a reason why. Um, I decided to prescribe to the best available. I took the number two wide receiver to me ahead of more tantalizing picks to other people in Debo Samuel. I somehow got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside all the way towards the end of the second round. That's two of the top five wide receivers by my rankings. Then I had nothing in the third, so... I think the biggest thing and the knock on my draft, and you can even make it a B plus if you wanted to, is the fact that I didn't take a running back of any note. But that being said, I didn't really have a chance to. Every decent halfway starting running back was already gone, and I couldn't in my right mind at the end of the second take a question mark running back like Devin Singletary or Justice Hill over the fifth best wide receiver in this draft and honestly after the year if Alshon's gone or if they push him to the outside or the fact that he learns the slot and the outside he might end up being the best wide receiver out of this class um and then another fall to me in the fourth somehow you fools let Deontay Johnson fall to me I got three of the top 12 receivers and I only had three picks in the top four rounds and they were all later I don't think you guys understand what dynasty is and how running backs are a quick turnover and you only need one and a half good tight ends anyways that's why i got an a minus next up we got mr dan krieger i believe this is this means war all he really needed was some running back and wide receiver depth um, now, with that, I didn't love the A.J. Brown pick, honestly. Um, and that's more Mariota and that team, not so much A.J. Brown. So that gave me a little bit of question marks on the pick and lowered it down in the rankings a little bit on his grade of a B+. Uh, I did like the fact that you backed up Gurley at good value in the third round. That was actually a real quality pick and something you really 
needed to do. But uh, what I did really like about your picks is that you filled everything pretty evenly and worked across what you needed. So good job, Dan. Next up, apparently it's my best friend, Boy Toy Clay. Because, you know, like, I'm getting a chub. No, that's the name of his team. Now, this is not boosting up my bestie of the league, apparently, according to you people. But Clay got the best grade for me at an A. Um, I don't think anyone can really argue this. He masterfully traded the rookie draft. Um, and not like how Axel traded the AIDS League uh, number one pick and then all these ridiculous trades fell into his lap with good values and somehow got... Like, he did a wonderful job really expanding the picks and not for, like, crazy value, too. Uh, it was well done. So he got great trade value. Uh, he went real balanced because he had a bevy of picks. And then... Something that I like is, although he didn't really need to with the tight end, um, he did identify that he wanted to probably potentially move one of his tight ends uh, in trade, which he ended up doing with Chris Herndon. Um, but because that, he took a shot on Irv Smith Jr., and he decided to back that up and really give a chance at top tight end production with Jay Sternberger also. Um, I thought that that really shaped the way the draft turned out. I wasn't able to take a tight end there. A lot of teams that maybe needed a tight end kind of got draw stuck in waiting in Never Never Land until they could take way later guys, and pretty much no one did at that point. So that was some quality moves. The only negative and what keeps him from an A-plus is his pick of Marquise Brown. I didn't love that one. I think he might be John Ross, but just slightly better. Um, and I'm not in love with Lamar Jackson's arm, obviously, but it, with how many picks he had and who else he got with like Keem Butler and other things, um, I don't think that it was a terrible move. I, I don't like it. I don't prefer it, but, uh, with the amount of draft capital he had, it wasn't horrible to do that. And then I love the fact that he took Daniel Jones in the beginning of the second round, uh, that was definitely a player that a few teams were waiting on, uh, undervaluing what quarterbacks are actually worth in this league, being that it's two and not a super flex. So maybe y'all learn and pick quarterbacks earlier next year because maybe then I can get better running backs. All right. And finally, we have the champion himself. No country for old players without championships. Chris. Chris gets a B. Plus, uh, I do have some question, but I can't really argue uh, where his players were taken. Uh, I'm speaking to kind of Noah Fant, Drew Locke, Jalen Hurd. Um, those three specifically are good players with good situation, or not good players, questionable players with good situations. I don't think Noah Fant is much of a lock as everyone thought. But the thing is, man, he had a need. He needed QB depth. He got Drew Locke. He needed wide receiver power. Although there's a big question mark, Jalen Hurd is a big guy on a good offense, could eventually fill a, like, Julio Jones if Julio Jones was Kenny Galladay. Um, <laughs> not, not that great, but enough and a good opportunity. 
Um, and then Noah Fant, he was the second best tight end pick, maybe third best, but with that, he is the best opportunity at being the most impactful tight end as far as a pass catcher now and tight end was in need. So it was a great fill on the needs. I just I don't love the value where you took everyone, but you kind of had to. You had to take your guy. You were at the end of the round because you won the championship. And you couldn't have the luxury of taking Noah Fant three or four picks later because no one would trade with you. Um, that might be a product of your valuation of your picks and what you asked for. I know personally you asked me for some ridiculous trades and then you never come back when I say, no, it's not good enough and this is why. And then you never come back with a moderate or more reasonable offer. So maybe work on that a little bit. I don't know. Just throwing some shade. All right, well, that's going to conclude this episode of the Football Goonies podcast. Um, Thanks for listening. Glad to be back. Can't wait to do more episodes this season and trounce you fools on my way to the championship. So, as always, uh, take it easy and give me any feedback to the episode. I always love to hear how I can improve it. I will... I'm working currently on trying to get more drops and things like that. And then also message and guilt Brian into bringing back the, um, the what it, what was he, the fantasy professor. I don't even remember at this point. It's been so long since he did that bit. But I want him to have a regular spot. And also we're going to try this season to, at the very least, fit in a guest uh, recording from each of you in an episode And if I can share the space in some way and bring in an actual guest host, that would be amazing. So thanks for coming by. Uh, Stay tuned for the AIDS if you're in the league. Or if not, uh, just come listen to the AIDS podcast. Uh, It's going to be an offshoot. It'll be under the Football Goonies brand, but it's going to be like a bonus episode every week. All right, guys. And remember, as always, Goonies never say die. Yeah. <laughs>